Welcome to the Teach the Geek podcast, where engineer and author Neil Thompson talks with STEM professionals about public speaking, a struggle for many of us. Whether you're a novice public speaker or a proficient one, you can always pick up tips on how to improve. Here's your host, Neil Thompson. Welcome to another edition of Teach the Geek interviews. My name is Neil Thompson. I'm the founder of Teach the Geek. It's an online platform for science and engineering professionals. The first offering of the platform is a public speaking course called Teach the Geek to Speak. To learn more about it, you can go to teachthegeek.com. Again, that is teachthegeek.com. Today, my guest is Kin Tufi. He conducts seminars on management and leadership. He's also the author of three books. He worked for years as a naval architect before moving into management and leadership for the Canadian government. I'm interested to learn more about his work as a naval architect his interest in management and leadership, and his public speaking exploits. Welcome to Teach the Geek interviews, Ken. Hey, thank you, Neil. I'm glad to be here. Wonderful. So I mentioned that you worked as a naval architect, but before that, obviously, you got to get a degree in naval architecture. What was the motivation to get that degree? Well, it's a long story, Neil, but it started in my childhood. I used to go to the harbor in Mauritius, where I was born, and watch all the fishing vessels from Japan, Korea, China, Taiwan, all over the world in the harbor, and, and also small yachts from Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. And, and it amazes me how these, I would say, small ships and yachts can, can cross the ocean without capsizing. So, so I think that was the the curiosity of of uh, my childhood uh, sort of imagination when I was looking for something to do at university, I said, "Why why why don't I study naval architecture and, and understand stability and, and and ship design and things like that?" So it, it's it's basically that was the main motivation, if you will, and and also I like I like to see physical things. I like to be part of the design and, and, and construction of physical things like bridges, or, uh, houses, or uh, buildings. Uh, but instead, I went for ships, and, and, and I got, I got uh, admitted at the University of, Water, uh, of uh, Glasgow in Scotland, and that was it. Oh, wow. So you went from Mauritius all the way to Scotland. What was exactly. it like? What was it like for you? You know, leaving home and, and going to this this foreign country and, and going to school there. Oh, it, it's a, it's a, a huge culture shock for me. Huge because that's that's the first time I left the island, and I went there, and and they didn't speak English as I knew it. They were <laughs> speaking Scottish to me, and and with the very very strong accents in Glasgow. Uh, most of my Scottish friends, uh, for the first week or two, I couldn't understand most of what they were saying to me. But uh, I need to survive, and I learned fast. And within uh, less than six months, I was speaking like them almost. <laughs> and then you go other places, and they don't understand you now. <laughs> <laughs> as as you can see, I've, I've lost accent now. You know, it's it's. It's a little bit more Canadian mixed with my Mauritian accent. Yeah. I don't know too much about Mauritius, but I remember I had a childhood friend whose parents were from Mauritius. 
His name was Bill Chung. Also, uh, the funny thing is, and that's why everyone always called him. They never called him Bill. It was always Bill Chung with his whole name. His name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, kids. But uh, I also noticed that you got a degree in, in public administration. What was the motivation to get that degree? Well, uh, the, the story is that uh, I, I did naval architecture for about uh, uh, almost 20 years. Uh, and then I peaked. Uh, I, was, I was in the uh, federal government of Canada at that time, and, and they told me, look, you either stay in your position as a naval architect uh, and, and wait till your boss retire and compete for his job, or you move out and go into uh, policy and, and different things that you, you haven't uh, done before, uh, but we can train you. And uh, I was at that time designated as a, a promising visible minority who had shown uh, some talent in, in, in leadership and uh, uh, management. And, and they said, well, well, we'll train you. There's no problem there. And, and we'll, we'll give you assignment in as many of the departments you choose. And uh, you can then train other people. So I, I jumped at that opportunity and, uh, and I had some very good boss, uh, bosses and, and they, they allowed me to choose my own training. And one of the things I chose was uh, uh, masters in public administration because I said, if, if I'm going to be in the public service, I, 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 I should learn a little bit more in the theories and, and, and policies of public administration. So, so I went for that. And it took me about uh, four and a half years because I was working full time. But the, the plus side is that my whole course was paid by the federal government of, of Canada. Nice. Well, you know, I, not too long ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I had written a post on LinkedIn about career plans and how, you know, some people, they're, they're very big on, on having them, but then there are some people that say, I just, I, I said yes to a bunch of different stuff and it led me to this place and that where I'm at now and it kind of worked out. It sounds like, you know, after 20 years of you doing this, you know, the, the work that you did as a naval architect, you said you were given that choice of waiting to, for your boss to retire or going down this completely different path and it was, it was offered to you by, you know, by your superiors. So, sorry, I, I I didn't hear the, the, the last question because somehow my I was cut off from my side here. Oh, okay, yeah. So I was saying that I wrote a post not too long ago about career plans and how some people are very big on them, but then there are some that said I just I did a bunch of stuff and it kind of worked out where I ended up. You did 20 years as a naval architect, but then you were given this choice of either waiting for your boss to retire and taking on his role or going down this complete different path of policy. Obviously, this is something that you didn't anticipate happening, but you, you went down it anyway. Is it something, I guess, th th I guess this was veering away from perhaps any kind of plans you had for yourself, but you went, but as I said, you did it anyway. Is this something that, I guess, looking back on, you would have, what you would have maybe even considered anyway, or was it, or was it completely out of the blue? And even if it was outside of your career plans, you saw it as something that was worth knowing. Well, it, it was kind of natural progression for me because 
I was at a fork uh, in my career. Either I stayed, I, I, while I enjoyed naval architecture, I knew the, the, the prospect of promotion or of getting ahead in life in that field at that time was very, very limited. And, and, they, and they opened a, a whole new opportunity for me. And I was confident enough that I could learn all these things. So I, I, I took it. It was not a hard decision or, or, or anything like that. It was, for me, it was a natural progression. And, and I said, well, I know I can learn things. I know it, it probably is going to be challenging. And, and they told me that, that this is, you know, as an engineer, you're a very logical person. You have to develop your, your lateral thinking thing. And, and I said, yeah, I'm game. Uh, I'm going to, to try to learn that. And, and the federal government of Canada is very, very good at training people because there's tons of programs. If you want to learn, you get the best teachers available for you. And, and then the other thing is you're supposed then to teach other people. And that's what I like about it. And, and my, my role, and I was told very clearly, we're going to spend all that money on you, but at the end, you have to uh, pay it forward and, and coach and mentor other people along the way. Yeah, no question. I mean, you could have been all rigid about it and been like, no, that's no, that's not my career aspirations. I started off as a naval architect and that's kind of where I want to continue down. But you're open enough to see this other opportunity and then think, you know, this is something that I could, you know, go down and then see where it takes me. And luckily, I mean, it, it seems to have worked out for you quite well. It did. It, it did. Like I said, also in life, you have to, be, to have a bit of luck also. I have lots of mentors along the way. Uh, lots of wonderful uh, teachers and, and, and bosses and, 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 and I think also it's, it's a two-way thing. I think it's if you're a, 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 an open person and, and you, you're, you're willing to teach others yourself and coach others, you will find uh, teachers and mentors and coaches who would be attracted to teach you as well. So, so that's, that's how I feel. And, and, and all my life, this has been kind of a philosophy. You know, you, you, you learn and then you share it with other people. And, and, and I love doing that anyway. Yeah, no question. You know, I mentioned in the intro that you're really big into management and leadership. What's the difference between management and leadership, if there is any? Well, well it's, a huge, it's a huge difference, you know. I, I, my uh, my thing is I I still think a bit like an engineer, so I have a, a management cycle in my head, uh, and the management cycle is is really you you plan your work, you you implement it, and, and you you delegate uh, or you you implement uh, you you organize the work, and then. You uh, you motivate people to do it, and, and the cycle start again. You see, the 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 leadership side is is more influence. You know, you you basically have to decide what your priorities are, what 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 your your vision for the future is, if you if you want. You know, and th and then you have to influence people to to accept or to 
follow your your lead and, and then you inspire them to 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 want to to work in your team so so the, it's the focus is different the management to me is more making things work uh, whereas uh, leadership is more like influencing others to see your point of view and want to follow your lead and and that's uh, that's how i i, I sort of uh, share it with my uh, people that I'm, I'm coaching or or talking to you know i said it's 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 quite a bit of difference managers are, are more doers uh, whereas leaders are more influencers doers and influencers yeah I, I like the explanation of it when i think of the difference management seems to be more kind of forced like you you work for a manager and he gives you yeah. the work to do and and, and you yeah. do it it's, whether you want whether you really want to or not whether he's a manager that's that's kind of your job do what, you know, do what you're told yeah. when you're a, a leader now it's it's less it's not forced it's i'm following this person because i actually believe in what this person is doing and i want to follow this person for that reason yeah so i, I really like your your definition of it that's that's really helpful so thank you for that you know i mentioned earlier also that you do you do works on you know, doing workshops and, and seminars on, on management and leadership i mean you started off as a naval architect and then you worked in the, the, the government, the Canadian government doing policy work, and, but then you eventually started working for yourself. I mean, is this something that you, you envisioned for yourself or is this something, working for yourself was something you kind of fell into? No, it, it was a gradual thing again. You know, it, it's, it's uh, while I was uh, working in the government, I was, all, I was doing uh, the, the seminars and, and, and management and, and leadership seminars in the government itself, uh, through different workshops uh, as well. But when I took my annual leaves, I would do a circuit. I would go to uh, uh, Singapore, Malaysia, Brunei, and sometimes Mauritius, and, and that was my circuit. Uh, so I'll take my annual leave, which is four weeks, and, and I'll do that circuit. So, uh, and, and these, I mentioned these countries because I have contacts there. So it was my holidays, but at the same time, I would I would do a few seminars here and there. It's not a lot, but uh, you know that's uh, I was lucky to be able to do it. You know because uh, a lot of people would like to do what I do, but they don't have the contacts there to open the doors for them. So in my case, I was privileged to be able to have good contacts there, and and I was able to do things that I love, uh, which is uh, coaching people and, and sharing basically my life story. I shared my, my signature uh, seminar was uh, succeeding from engineer to manager. And, and it's basically sharing my story for two days with, with, uh, with a bunch of people who, who were aspiring to be, become uh, leaders and, and managers. You know? So it was fun. Yeah, it sounds like, and because you're talking about yourself, I'm sure the preparation wasn't all that extensive. I mean, you know your story better than anybody else, so I'm sure it's yeah. easy to talk about yourself for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but you still have to prepare, especially when I started, right? Uh, you, I'm telling my story, but the story has to make sense, you know what I mean? It has to be tied in with, you know, if I'm talking about delegation, you know, okay, I'm telling my stories, but how I did it, but you know, here are the main principles for delegation. So you have to 
it's, it's, it's not a simple thing of standing up and, and telling your stories. There's a lot of preparation going with it, especially when I, start, when I started. But after, after a, few, a few years, you're repeating the same thing with a few modifications here and there, depending on the countries you're going to and, and, and the situation, the, the culture there and, and everything else. But uh, yeah, at the, moment, at the start, uh, there was a lot of preparation. Uh, after a few years, it, it became very, very much easier. You had mentioned that the, the, the country or the culture would dictate or influence the, the presentation. In what way? Well, in many ways, in, 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 well, I'll give you an example, for, for example, right? Even in, in between Singapore and, 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 and Malaysia, which is two countries side by side, there's, there's, there's a cultural difference. In Singapore, for example, uh, the majority of people are, are Chinese origin. And, and in, in, in Malaysia, it's a majority of Malays, right? So the culture is substantially different between, uh, let's say, the work ethics of, of, of Singaporean and, the, the, and those of, of uh, the, the Malaysians, uh, for example, right? It's, it's huge because in Singapore, their work ethic is, is, is one of the, uh, the best in the world. If, if you want to, or some people can argue it's not so great if, if you don't want to work like 70 hours work week. There, it's, it's, no, it's almost normal for some people at, at, at management level at, at, at who, has who has a lot of responsibility to work 70 hours a week. They, they, they don't think twice about it. Not so in Malaysia, right? So, so, uh, when, when, so you, when you talk about uh, negotiation of, of uh, in, in Singapore, they said, what negotiation, you know? There's no negotiation. You just do what you're told. And, 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 and uh, if you don't like it, find another job, right? In, in Malaysia, it's, you know, they, they negotiate. They, they say, yeah, 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 I want to negotiate less time at work or, or more pay. If, if you ask me to work 70 hours, you know, let's, let's talk about pay. You know, that's, that's one example of how I find a huge difference in, in between different uh, countries and different cultures. Yeah, I got you. I also mentioned that you'd written three books. What was the motivation for the books? Well, uh, to, 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 the first one was basically to, to educate myself. Uh, you know, when I, when I started, when I changed my transition from, from uh, being a, a naval architect to become a, a, an executive in the public service, was a huge, huge change. Uh, and at that time uh, as well, I suffered a depression when my dad passed away. And so I, I did a lot of research on the cause of depression, self-esteem, positive attitude, you know, why that's happening to me? Uh, why, you know, why do I think the way I'm thinking? Why did I, you know, for somebody who's very positive, who's never had anything in his life, how come I had this depression? So I, with all the research I did, I was writing a lot of things for myself to, to educate myself about why 
I fell in this depression and slowly it turned out into a book, very slowly. It took me eight years of research and, and writing and then I did a lot of speeches on workshops on these uh, themes. And so all the, the work I did with the speech, with the, my own research, over time, with the encouragement of my friends, uh, it, it turned out to become uh, to, to, to my first book, which was called Become Your Best, you know. But it, it's, it's a lot more than depression. It's, it's, it's the whole aspect of life, you know. It's, it's, it's everything. And, and my claim is that possibly it's, it's the, the, the book with the most practical advice for a young person in life, in, in their career, you know. That's, that's what I, the aim at the end was to do that. Okay. So it, it's, it's, it's covered all aspects of life, not just self-esteem or positivity, but everything, financial, spiritual, emotional, what about the second and third books? Well, the, the second book was more on, on management and leadership. Putting people first basically was uh, one of my boss uh, mantra. He says, Ken, put people first and, and the results will follow. You know, don't, don't worry about results. Put people first, uh, treat them well, coach them well, results will follow. And that's stick in my mind because she was uh, one of the person who has uh, mentored me the best and uh, lots of things in my book is basically her teaching and uh, and the, the other things I've learned along the way you know, through my seminars, from my own observing, especially observing a lot of fairly poor managers and, and supervisors and leaders. So, you know, you just watch that and say, don't do that. Do the opposite of that if, if you want to be a good manager. So you learn not from only the good ones. You can learn from the poor managers and leaders. So, so uh, I'm a great observer of uh, people, of life in general. And, and this is basically my observation. All right. And then the third book? The third book is more recent. It was published in 2018. It's about relationships. And, and, and it's about all kinds of relationships, personal relationship with your uh, uh, parents, your siblings, your friends, your spouses, you know, and uh, in business, in your partners, every type of relationship, but, but mostly human relationship. And I, I don't, I don't, delve into your relationship with your pets and things like that. It's, it's more, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a true subject, you know, you, people can write about that, right? But, but yeah. I, I, I'm, I didn't have that expertise. Or I didn't want to delve into that. I, I wanted to limit myself to human relationship yeah. because it's, it's complex enough that I don't have to go into uh, lots of other stuff. You know? So, and, and I, I didn't get too much into the, the uh, relationship with God or, or, you know, I touched a little bit about spiritual stuff, but it's too complicated to get into that. Uh, for me, it was more practical, uh, pragmatic relationship with uh, your 
your life relationship uh, as you go through your life from from childhood to old age yeah that makes sense i mean for and i think it's more universal because not everybody has pets and and not everyone That's believes right. in god so <laughs> at least that, every, that, everyone that, has that, humans <laughs> exactly exact yeah for sure so based on the work that you do in in presenting and with your seminars and workshops is public speaking something you've always been good at or if not what'd you do to get better at it well it's the exact opposite neil it's my biggest fear it was my biggest fear public speaking you know i'll be honest with you i hated it not hated it maybe that's maybe too strong but it's close to that i will from from my school days I would avoid having to speak in classes. Have, I would avoid any debate uh, classes or, or volunteer for any debates. Uh, that's not me at all. So when I went to university, I cruised through it because I, d- I didn't have to do m- many, many uh, presentations. But at, at my final year, I had to present my project. And that was a disaster. <laughs> complete disaster in front of my professor, my, my lecturers, and my, my fellow students. Because I was never, never trained to do that. I was never taught to do it, and it was my thing, biggest fear. So I froze in front of them, basically. I, I did froze. And luckily, my professor and lecturer knew me that I spent four years with them, that I'm capable of things. I knew my stuff, but I couldn't talk about it in, in front of them. And, and and through their charity and compassion, they, they passed me. You know what I mean? They, they should have failed me basically on on, on that aspect. But uh, maybe they did fail me on that aspect. But I, I I got through anyway, because luckily for me, I was not the only one who did very badly in in the presentation part of the project. A few people from overseas were just as bad as me, or, but not, maybe not as bad as me, but, you know, we're not doing well there too. So they had, they had understanding and you talk about culture, that's, that's a culture thing as well, right? We were not, in Mauritius, we were not encouraged to talk in, in, in front of our teacher unless we were asked a question. We, we, can't, we can't just have free conversation or dialogue with them. You know, it, it was not encouraged at all. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I could, I could totally see that. When it comes to the the speaking that you do now, do you ever get nervous before you give your presentations? And if so, how do you deal with your nerves? Well, I still do, but it's 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 the intensity that's different, right? Before the intensity is so 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 much that you freeze. Now the intensity is is controllable. You you, you get ex- I, I would say I get excited. I won't call it nervous. I get excited, you know, because it's like it's like I know I have to do a performance now. I have to perform in front of people. I have to deliver something. But the thing is, I know I can deliver. I have the confidence in myself. Having done, for example, if the seminars I've done many of them, and it's the same thing pretty well, unless I'm doing something new, right? So you get a bit more nervous if you're doing something fairly new or your expertise in it is not as much as you like. 
So a lot of time I refuse to, to speak on things that I, I, I don't have much to offer. You know, why would you speak in something that you don't have much to offer? You, you know, you just, I, I just say, no, find somebody else because that's not my expertise. You know, you don't want to, to pretend that you know something uh, when you don't, you know. So I, I never do that. I, I never put myself in a situation where, you know, I would not be able to, to, to talk, you know, fairly comfortably something that I knew about. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that too, Ken. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a recipe for disaster, talking about things that you don't know about, especially if you got people in the audience that actually do know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah, they'll call you out real quick, and then you oh, yeah. there now. Now you're now now you're gonna freeze. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah, and I really like your 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 kind of your your mindset shift as opposed to looking at it as being nervous. You look at it as being excited instead, and you know one's more positive than the other. So yeah. if, you're, if you're gonna think something, think positively as opposed to negatively. I'm I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of that too. This has been really interesting learning more about you, Ken. Is there anything else that you'd like to add about things that you're working on? Well, I'm, I'm working on, on four more uh, book projects uh, that uh, I, I, you know, I used to do them linearly like, like, a, like a good engineer, one at a time. And, and, and I, I usually take about, you know, between six to eight years to do a book with all my research uh, because I don't put tight deadlines on me. I, I like the, the, the research part of it, uh, where, where I'm learning a lot, right? The writing part and the editing part is, is very boring to me. Not, not the writing part, the, the editing part especially is very boring and very, you know, I, I, I don't like it really. And uh, so that's the part that I procrastinate a bit at the end, but I, I, I get it done. But now I don't have the leisure of time so I have to do all my projects at the same time. And, and when I'm inspired to, do, to work on, on, on one book, I, I go and work on it. So the, the four books are, are, are working on them concurrently and, and enjoying it you know, without putting any deadlines on time because uh, it's, not, it's not a job for me. I, I don't make huge money of publishing my books. It's just, in fact, for me, I feel it like, it's like a legacy I'm leaving for my children, for my friends and, and, and other people who, who wants to buy it. Nice. Well, everybody, that marks the end of another edition of Teach the Geek interviews. My name is Neil Thompson, founder of Teach the Geek. It's an online platform for science and engineering professionals. The first offering is Teach the Geek to Speak. It's a public speaking course. You can learn more about it at teachthegeek.com. Again, that's teachthegeek.com. Until next time, take care and stay safe. Thanks, Ken. Thank you, Neil. Well, everyone, that marks another episode in the can. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like these episodes and want to support Teach the Geek, please subscribe, share, and like on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Or on all of them. Also, if you prefer to watch the episodes, head on over to the YouTube channel at youtube.teachthegeek.com. Until next time.